If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. What's up and welcome back to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Monday, October 25th, 2021. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the Hispanic heartthrob, Texas treat, Latino heat, clicking heads and ripping them to shreds. He's the globe-trotting, head-shotting Nitro Rifle from Twitch.tv, Andy Cortez. You nervous, Tim, to be on the show? No, I'm feeling good now. It's a different day. Last time I was like, oh, you know, getting the butterflies. Today might be one of the most epic news days in kind of funny games daily history like i don't know how we're gonna fit it all in we have so many stories and we're gonna get to all of them some of them will cover more some of them will cover less some of them will just be like hey here's the news you do with it what you will but it's gonna be a damn fun time we got snowbike mike hanging out as well uh he's gonna add his thoughts on some of the news stories which i'm very very excited for we got barrett running the show it's just a whole bunch of fun going into this beautiful monday everybody because this is kind of funny games daily we're each and every weekday we get together to talk about all the things you need to know in video game news you can get it live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games or you can watch it later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or roosterteeth.com we like to give you options if you want to listen to it as a podcast just search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games daily and we will be right there for you if you wanted to get the show ad free you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like our patreon producers pranksy and blackjack have done we appreciate you all so very very much we're brought to you by doordash DraftKings, and liquid ib but we'll get to that later I want to tell you a little bit about housekeeping, Andy, because we got a lot of fun stuff going on. Later today, we got the Arkham Files episode three coming out, premiering on youtube.com slash kind of funny games at 2.30 p.m. It's all about Arkham Origins. Barrett and Roger worked very, very hard on this. Very excited to check it out myself. And I hope you guys will join me. Um, on top of that, we got a whole bunch of stuff live right now. You can watch Andy and Mike's live reactions to the Halo campaign uh, overview that we'll talk about later in this episode. But you get to watch the genuine live reactions over on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and also our guardians of the galaxy games cast review is up with a rare appearance by daddy greg miller himself Whoa. yeah coming out of retirement just for wow, the, the one time only uh to review guardians with us that's me bless mike and andy on the episode again we'll talk a little bit about that stuff on this show but you should check that out fantastic episode with a lot of uh divisive opinions which is always a fun thing to have here at kind of funny um on top of that we will be playing guardians of the galaxy for the rest of the week pretty much from tuesday to thursday we're partnering with nvidia andy is going to be playing through for the first time because you haven't really touched the game yet right andy i i fired it up just to test dlss and then i texted tim and i was like dlss is running like a dream it's purring it's purring tim love it i love that that, person I don't know. Eh, whatever. Like it is what almost. It is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm excited to see Andy play it, though, uh, this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Then on Friday, we're doing a big Mario Party Superstar stream uh, to declare who the new CEO of Kind of Funny is because that's course. the type of company we run here. Um, and then in review, on the Kind of Funny side of things, if video games aren't necessarily your thing, which doesn't make sense because you're watching this show, doesn't matter. You can go to YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny. We got three in reviews this week. We're kicking off Ghostbusters in review. We're going to return to Edgar Wright in review with Last Night in Soho. And we're continuing our Spider-Man rewatch. You can watch our Spider-Man 1 rewatch. It's almost three hours featuring Anthony Carboni. It's absolutely insane. What do you have to say about that episode, Andy? Uh, I, you know, I feel like I'm still in it, Tim. I don't know if it ever ended. <laughs> Peter. 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 It is one of the, the better pieces of kind of funny content. IMO. I think it's definitely a classic that has been recorded. So you can go check that out. But enough of that. We have a huge news day. So we have to get into what is and forever will be the roper report it's time for some news we have 12 stories today a dozen a dozen 
You gotta love it. You gotta love when you have a dozen stories. Like I said, some are bigger, some are smaller, but we're gonna get to them all, baby. Starting with Guardians of the Galaxy reviews are in. An 81 on Metacritic, Andy Cortez. An 81. Uh, got an 8 on IGN, a 7 on GameSpot, an 8.5 on Game Informer, 6.5 Destructoid, 8 Easy Allies, 8.5 on Push Square. So divisive but not that crazy right we're still kind of in that like eight ish realm like some people like it a little bit less some people like it a little bit more but we're kind of at that solid eight that even that i gotta say it's really turning me it's really turning I'm, me out. <laughs> I'm pretty surprised you know going into this i thought right. i thought this game was kind of doomed from the start just based on our assumptions of how the properties have been treated recently with the Avengers and kind of how this game was announced formally just months ago and is coming out. All of that kind of led us to believe like, Ooh, this is not necessarily going to be a slam dunk. Are, are you surprised at all? I'm pretty shocked that they are that high, Tim. I, I know that we did a games cast a couple of weeks ago and during the post show, the Patreon exclusive post show, we talked about what games we we're looking forward to for the rest of 2021. And all of us had Guardians at number five or even higher than that as an honorable mention because there's other games we're looking forward to more. And I even said like, hey, I, you know, I'll play this and I'm kind of excited for it. But if it decided to go like if it got indefinitely, you know, put on hold, I wouldn't really care a whole lot because I never thought that it was going to be a fantastic game by any means. I thought it was going to be, you know, six and a half out of ten, a pretty good game, above average game. But um, I, I listened in for a bit of the Gamescast review, and you guys seem pretty excited about it. Yeah, me in particular, I was very, very into it. Um, the one thing that I'll say is that the, the gameplay is good. I don't think that this game is bad in any ways. I think there is a lot of ways it can improve. Um, and I don't think gameplay-wise it does anything fantastically but in terms of characters and in terms of story it absolutely nails it i will go as far as saying that this is as good of a guardians of the galaxy story as insomniac spider-man is a spider-man story wow. and like that is pretty much the highest praise i can give a superhero story-based narrative linear game um i was very much surprised by this but you can go check out games the games cast for uh, all of our opinions and way more in-depth thoughts. Uh, I wanted to read a little bit from IGN's Tom Marks, who gave it an eight saying Marvel's guardians of the galaxy nicely balances a goofy action filled adventure with some genuinely heartfelt story moments. And the choices you're given can add some surprising personal twists to your particular playthrough. It's combat and level design are relatively simple. If still consistently entertaining, but it's the relationships and banter between his characters that keep everything fresh as they evolve. It isn't going to set the world on fire, but guardians of the galaxy is still, another convincing example of how much fun a linear no frills single player campaign can be could not agree more i think he said that very very well this is a very linear game by design and i think that that adds to the experience and kind of keeps the 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 gameplay is always a thing that's just kind of something you have to do to be rewarded with the next story beats and they come at such a great clip that yeah, I think it's a it's a real damn good time. Uh, and, and, uh, I was going to say, go listen to the games cast to hear why Greg Miller not so hot on it. Yeah, very, exactly. very surprising to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greg was definitely the the lowest on it uh, compared to, to any of us, but he still did enjoy it. Um, but it kind of it fits into this kind of range we're seeing with these reviews, where it seems like Greg's more on the like destructoid almost GameSpot side, where I'm definitely more on the IGN side. GameSpot's Jordan Ramey gave it a 7, saying Guardians of the Galaxy doesn't feature an engaging combat system, save for the moments where the team huddles, provide a loose connection to the much more engaging narrative theme of the strength of communication. The game instead shines via its storytelling, which is enhanced by a talented collection of voice actors and a wonderful soundtrack. If this game is your introduction to the titular heroes, it's not the best first impression, but sometimes when the galaxy needs to be saved, you can settle for good enough. So, yeah, Andy, where are you at going into this, like hearing our, all of this? Um, I mean, you mentioning that the story is fantastic and it's on par with Insomniac Spider-Man. That, that gets me really jazzed up. I want to see an above average story being told and experience cool moments uh, with characters and having those back and forths. Uh, again, I was I think that's something that you had mentioned. One of those things that I think the game does well and definitely above average is the characters' interactions and it feeling not overly cheesy and not trying to be too much like the MCU, but it kind of finds its own little pocket to exist in. That's what I'm stoked about. Um, I Looking at it, 
the gameplay does seem very much like Marvel's Avengers. It does seem like this sort of beat em up thing, but with the added selecting your kind of battlefield here, I'm going to select this character to do that, select that character to do that. Um, how close is it to Final Fantasy 15 in terms of combat or Final Fantasy 7 Remake? Very close to Final Fantasy 7 Remake. I, I would think that it is, uh, it is nothing like the Avengers gameplay. It is very much like uh, Final Fantasy 7 Remake. It, it's a bit simpler. It's kind of like comparing Pokemon to like a, a more hardcore JRPG, where it's like it's it's a, a simpler version of what you get in Final Fantasy VII Remake. There's a stagger system. You're kind of controlling your team to do different moves, but it, it's less um, active in the sense of you. And we we go into this way more in the review, but it ends up a lot of the button mashy type stuff comes from directing your comrades to do different things like that uh it doesn't feel that deep it kind of does feel like just a bunch of face buttons attached to different attacks yeah. that the the uh combat never kind of forces you to need to think too strategically about how you're using your team which is kind of a bummer uh because it's definitely a cool system it's just kind of like doesn't ever make creatively use the system and so you end up just being like well why would i do all that stuff when i could just hit this button a bunch of times and win. Um, well, how, are, how are the cosmetics, Tim? They're awesome. The, yeah, the, okay. the outfits are awesome. They're, they're plentiful. Uh, there's a ton of characters, obviously. It's all the Guardians, and they all have a great amount of costumes that you're finding throughout the levels constantly. It really rewards you for exploring because uh, you, you just find them in the levels. And I think the levels are, since they're so linear, they're very well designed to kind of guide you to want to look for the surprises. And once you kind of understand the kind of logic of what they want you to do, you kind of realize, oh, I bet you there's a costume in there. And that is such a great incentive to go out of your way. Because every time you get a costume, it's like, oh, shit, this this is cool. And I found myself constantly being like, all right, I really want my Rocket wearing this outfit. But I want my Groot wearing that one. But they don't look good together with that. So what am I going to do? And I love that. Like, that's, oh, that's oh, such a great reward. Do they each, similar to how Ratchet and Rivet had their own kind of like, here's the pirate theme one here's the whatever theme one do they is it like here's the exactly the, the galactic thing and they all have a galactic version or whatever the hell yeah pretty much there there's like the different themes of like the different like based on this comic line or based That's on this cool. or like what if this like they and they all have it um star lord has the most and he has a couple that are just like designed just for him and a lot of them are fucking awesome so goddamn rad there's one i was rocking that's just like a blue leather vest and i'm like that's my fucking boy let's go <laughs> uh but yeah there's there's a lot of really cool options and i i think that the the different co costume options are surprising for how fun they are and again how frequent and how early you get the ones that you kind of want wink wink nod nod if you are, are worried about not liking how they originally look uh, at the start of this game i'm really interested to see what the sales are going to be uh, on this game because i feel like marketing has been kind of quiet yeah um i know recently i've seen i've started seeing ads pop up on youtube but for a while there i feel like this game just kind of crept up on everybody and we all say, well, it's a Marvel game. Of course, everybody knows Marvel. Everybody's going to want to get the Marvel thing. But is it, is it the thing that kids are going to be asking for at Christmas time? Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think so. And it's, I, I think, kind of a bummer because like this game is kind of a dream game for me, which is like, hey, let's take a, a Marvel IP and just have a linear game that is very good with an excellent story like this is what i wanted avengers to be so badly and it just simply yeah. wasn't and greg and other people like that game for what it is but i really just wanted what guardians ended up being and i'm so surprised Have, what we saw of guardians i was always like there's a chance this is this is just kind of what i've been asking for and i'm very happy to say it, it definitely definitely was mike i know you're you're waiting there I you want right to give here, any yep. any brief thoughts on where you're at with guardians no, Tim, you've done a really great job of talking about it. I think a lot of the reviews hit on where we felt it would be between that seven and eight area. And I'm happy to see it get some solid eights because it is a really great game. I had a ton of fun with it. I was the most high on it out of our games cast. And I think Tom Mark says it so well. It's like, this is a fun single player campaign with a solid story. No frills, no nothing attached to it. You're just going to have fun. You're going to be wowed by some of the awesome moments and cameos. And you're going to have a good time with the banter and the rock and metal music so yeah i'm very high on this game 
super pleased. I am like Andy. I look forward to seeing what the sales will be moving forward. But all in all, I'm I'm really pleased and I'm happy with Idos Montreal and what they did. One thing that I think is great is that even though we're all a little bit mixed on how exactly we felt about the game, all of us are excited for the potential of a sequel. Like there is so much there. And like they, if they just keep this direction in terms of characters and story and just kind of tighten the gameplay and make it a little bit more exciting in places, they got something really, really, really special on their hands. How, how much does the, do the decision and dialogue options really factor? It's hard to tell because I don't know what experience other people had. I it seems like from our conversations, it seems like it's not like it's going to drastically change the game, drastically change the game uh, oh, in, in wow. ways in ways of like the story is going to be completely different. And you get an ending where it's like that character died, but in my version, it didn't. It's not like that. But uh, what I think it does very well is it is all about what the game's good at, which is little character moments. So it's instead of mm. getting a great character moment between rocket and Groot you're getting one between Gamora and Drax or XYZ. So it's like, they do really, really matter for what the game is trying to deliver you. Uh, so it's less kind of narrative plot things. It's more the difference in character dynamics. And I was fully, fully invested. And I felt bad when rocket would be mad at me. Like I made my choices going through the game. I'm <laughs> always going to try to please rocket. Like he's my boy and I want to be cool. And when he like was like, Star Lord, like, oh my god damn it, I've let you down, Rocket. Like <laughs> that's that's investment. You know what I mean? That's so cool. it's like the choices mean enough that I care about them. And you do see the ramifications of things throughout the game constantly. And in some ways that surprised me. Like it was a little deeper than I expected. Not much deeper, but even just that little bit made me go, huh, okay. They knew what they had with this game and they delivered on it. That means there's a lot of other things that they didn't necessarily like. They didn't change the game on anything. There's nothing we're doing in this that we haven't seen before. But um, yeah, anyways. really quick. I, I do want to say I kicked him out of the phone call late last night to go full spoilers with Greg. I will say, Andy, that Greg had a different ending than mine. It wasn't gigantically different or like groundbreaking, but his ending was different than mine. Funny enough. Hmm. So some okay. of these choices that you do make will matter later on. And it is pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see. I'm really excited to watch you play through on Twitch because I want to see what choices you make and how different they act. Like it actually changes some of the the little tiny things. So that's cool. Uh, next news story. Moving on. More reviews are in. This time for Age of Empires Four. Uh, it has an 83 on Metacritic. Me ah, Metacritic. IGN's Lena Heffer gave it an eight. Age of Empires Four plays it safe a bit too often, but really excels when it wanders outside of its very traditional comfort zone. The expansive campaigns and offbeat factions like the Mongols and the rules are major highlights, even when it loses some of its sharpness to a small unit cap, frustrating pathfinding, and relatively unimpressive graphics for a 2021 game. Uh, and then WCCF Tech's Chris Ray gave it a nine, saying Age of Empires Four is in almost every way a true sequel to Age of Empires Two. It plays great and has a few new features that add more tactical elements to combat and how you develop your faction. On factions, it truly allows them to differentiate themselves from each other. There are slight issues, such as the population cap that feels very restrictive and the lower quality of unit models, but these are minor in what is an otherwise outstanding game and one where an undeniable amount of effort and work has gone into, which includes hours of documentary-style clips to support the campaign. So anybody that wants more trebuchet stuff, it's going to deliver for yeah, sure. Uh, oh, jokes aside, cool. jokes Trebuchet aside, less, Mike, bro. Mike, you, you've you been playing Age of Empires. Yeah. So one of the reasons you're popping on the show is to give your thoughts. Yeah, I'm really happy I was able to jump on. You know, this is one of the big Microsoft first-party releases, and I've got about five hours into it now playing pre-release or, or pre over here, and I've had a ton of fun. I'm happy to see the community really celebrating this. I'm happy to see the positive reviews, and, you know, so far my first-off impressions are really positive. It is more Age of Empires, so don't go in thinking that we've changed the wheel here. It is Age of Empires, but it's a ton of fun to be back in this franchise that you know and love from the early 90s, right? That's how long this has been around, and it's awesome to be in the rock, paper, scissors, unit choice battling system once again, and I love everything that Age does, but I do want to reiterate, just like these reviews have said, and you can go more in depth on all these other people's reviews, but what they've done with the campaign and what Relic has done to elevate that presentation value really goes a long way it actually is exciting to play it's fun to go into the next campaign level and get this cool documentary style video with 3d assets over it and have an awesome history lesson i was really impressed i know we were down on the trebuchet during the presentation but funny <laughs> enough 
I can't stop clicking on this Trebuchet videos now <laughs> in the unlockable content. So every time you beat a uh, level in the campaign, you will unlock another extra video. Every time you start a campaign uh, level, you have a cool video. And it's really, really informative, fun, educational stuff. And the way they weave it all together through the campaign missions and keep you like listening engaged really really well done so i am very pleased with age of empires on my early first impressions right now very very cool uh moving on to the next news story because there's a lot to talk about a lot of huge news like this is one of those days that we have multiple things that would be great headlines like that's rare so thank you gaming news gods Uh, this one i am so excited to talk to you guys about because i missed your reactions this morning but i watched it myself halo infinite campaign gameplay overview has been revealed andy cortez i want to start with you what did we see and what do you think about it we saw uh, a bit more as to what the story is going to be we saw we were introduced to a couple of new enemies and potential bosses we got a lot of hints as to what the campaign can be and how it can be structured in a way the open world uh i think me and mike are kind of in agreement where we we see it and it's like wow they're doing kind of enemy encampments in this gigantic open world uh there's a couple of enemies in the world that are named tim they have like not a boss bar a boss bar up top you know on the top of the screen showing you what their health is but it's just kind of floating over their head indicating that Maybe there's going to be a lot of these generals around that we're taking down and they're just kind of like individually named. Um, I I thought it looked really, really cool. I think I think visually it seems to be really enhanced. But I think the coolest thing for me, Tim, was just kind of having those really neat playground moments and going to these encampments and taking them down however you want and kind of just playing around and saying, this time I'm going to go full rockets or I'm going to get into that banshee jump out from the midair and it, it looks like whoever was preparing the gameplay for this trailer was having an absolute blast because they were thinking of so many different ways we got to look at what the ui is we got to look at what sort of things we can be leveling up uh in terms of abilities the thrust is back like finally on video official from 343 the thrust is back um it's exciting tim i, I think we had a i had a lot of fun this morning reacting to it with mike yeah, I, I everything you're saying right there, I'm right there with you. I think that the uh, boss fights are the most interesting thing to me. I, I kind of, uh, just like you were saying, I got hyped when I saw the names pop up. It reminds me of Halo 2 having, uh, I forget the guy's name, was it Tartarus? Uh, but yeah. there was like the, the yes. brute dude that I was always let down by because I was like, this is so cool. I like the idea that there's like a boss character in Halo, but your fight with him didn't really feel like a boss fight. It kind of just felt like another encounter. Uh, so I kind of like the presentation here. I like seeing that one character that has the dual wielded plasma swords it's like they're having fun with this they're kind of just delivering the sandbox elements of like yo let's just allow these people these players to have fun with all the fun tools that we're going to give them um i think that this is a take on halo that i would have never expected to see and definitely would never have expected to want but i'm kind of opening up and shifting my my mind from wanting a kind of like linear campaign or not wanting expecting a linear campaign that's telling a story and that's it and then you go play the multiplayer i kind of am into the idea of this being a little bit more open there being these encampments and uh, instead of there being this one overarching story which i'm sure there will be uh but it's more the story is what's always been my favorite thing about halo which is player moments where i wonder if i could do this grab the banshee that way fly off this thing and you know whatever and you can it reminds me of breath of the wild kind of yeah uh, without all the obviously the elements and the water the rain and the lightning and all that stuff but in terms of i see a camp down there there's three explodable things over here just like in breath of the wild there's a bunch of bokoblins and there's three rocks that i could roll down and then throw that thing shoot the fire arrow There, there you could just kind of create whatever chaos you want and make the fun Instead of, you know, here's this designed experience that you are going to witness uh, very, very kind of carefully crafted in a way. I love just being able to go in there and say, I'm going to approach this however the hell I want. And damn, I fucked that that move up. But I'll maybe if I leave, the enemies will respawn, Tim, and I could go back and kind of try to recreate whatever clip I was trying to do, you know? Yeah, it's it's interesting because like this reminds me a lot of how I used to play Halo Combat Evolved, the campaign. Like me and my friend Curran would just pop into co-op and spend hours just kind of fucking around with the the different the hunters and stuff instead of playing through the level. You know what yeah. I mean? Like just trying to find fun things to do. So it seems 
it, it's cool to me that they're it seems like they're d- doubling down on trying to make that the experience and make those moments the campaign as opposed to just going through the the stuff which it's all there there's a lot of names there's a lot of familiar uh characters and stuff and I'm lost in the story at this point. I, I don't know if like this game's going to kind of get it back on track, but I don't know that they necessarily have to, to deliver an extremely fun experience. Mike, what do you think? It was a great reintroduction to Halo Infinite and what we can expect as players, right? It's been some time since we really got to talk about the campaign. I know we've all been high on multiplayer, but you and Andy have touched on really a lot of the bright points, right? And I think it's always fun to see the community rally re- rally behind such a storied franchise as Halo, right? And they're taking this in a new direction of being a semi-open world type game. And this is something we've seen with Gears 5. And Gears 5 was a very, very good game. And what they created with their mini open world maps was a lot of fun. And so I'm really excited to see what Halo will be like with that. And yeah, of course, I know we're all disappointed about campaign and like, When you see those moments at those outposts, that was designed with co-op campaign in mind, right? That is me, Tim, and Andy going in different directions, causing a whole lot of chaos and having fun. How will it feel as just one Spartan alone in a gigantic world like that? It'll be really interesting to see, right? We're coming hot off of Far Cry, which a lot of people have that kind of open world fatigue, that Ubisoft checklist that we always talk about. And now we're bringing it into Halo. And will people vibe with that? People not like that. but. The sandbox is there, as Andy said, right? There's so many toys that you can play with that you can create epic moments. We got to see some really cool day and night cycles as well. It looks good. We're excited to meet the new Cortana, a.k.a. the weapon. I can't wait to get more about the pilots. I want to know where's Cortana in that Guardian that she flew in on. So it's going to be a whole lot of fun. It's really exciting. Um, But yeah, it looked good. I'm really, really impressed with what 343 did. I think this is a big positive bump. I would like to see a more refined hey, here's the story. Here's what's happening, right? On Halo Day, aka November 5th Mm. or 15th for Xbox 20th anniversary. And of course, over with Halo, it's going to be fun to see. But for right now, that is a solid six minutes that flew by with me and Andy. I looked at him. I couldn't even believe it was over. Yeah, Yeah. the thing thing that does kind of worry me story-wise is I wonder, is it a, we don't want this to get spoiled. We don't want to show too much or we're not super confident in what we have to show. Um, and I think that's why the I was telling Mike, like, you know, a bunch of dummies like us, you know, complaining on podcasts, being like, show us campaign. Where's the campaign? And you know that this has been cooking for a while. They've been prepping for this and trying to get this out. Um, but it was still very story light. You know, we got some hints of the narrator saying um, kind of light story elements. Right. Like, um I've, I've, I believe it's called Halo Zeta uh, yeah. or or something Zeta like Rim, that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And I just Zeta. don't really know exactly if, if they're holding back on sword because of spoilery type things. Or is there a lot of confidence in what they have to show at all? I could see well, it being a we got of- the story trailer last time. I think this like they called this the gameplay overview. Right. Campaign so it's like overview. I'm not too campaign campaign gameplay overview. Right. Campaign. Well, the storyteller you're talking about from E3 two years or yeah. last year? The, I mean, the story trailer from the first one we saw of the pilot and all that stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, the the thing after seeing that and after, you know, a lot of mix ups happening, I just assumed that a lot of things were changing uh, because maybe they didn't really know the exact direction or whatever it is. I, I'm also could be completely talking out of my ass, but I felt like when we saw that trailer at E3, not this past year, but the prior year with the pilot and they're frozen in space and they're he's rescuing Chief, I thought a lot of stuff had been changed since then. Mm. Yeah, I doubt it. I think it is what it is. Yeah, I, it it also might be a mixture of a, a lot of the things that you're talking about, Andy. Because I remember for whatever, whichever Halo, it might have been the last one where like you're you're playing as the two different characters and you got a, a hunt Master Lock. Chief. Like it was like a lot of story trailers i remember coming out in uh the the lead up for that game coming out and you know it was the, all misdirection <laughs> yeah and the reception to that game ended up being very mixed and they be, and I, I don't know if leaning hard into the story like really helped with uh 
how people felt about that. So they might be looking back at that and being like, all right, like let's lean off of the story stuff because we might like uh, lose a lot of people. Let's remind people like what Halo was to them, what it meant to them playing it on the original Xbox and the Halo 1 and Halo 2 days. And, you know, we'll sell them on the story like once they can actually like get it in their hands and uh, go through the motions and all that stuff. So I, I, I feel like it's probably a mixture of a lot of those things. I just think it's weird we haven't seen a traditional story trailer. Like, the, again, the the thing with the dude in, in the space, like, that's a very extended kind of look at things. Like, I'm talking about, like, what's the commercial going to look like? <laughs> you yeah. know, like, how what is the voiceover going to be saying? Because this isn't something you put on TV after Monday Night Football or something. What is oh, the commercial yeah. going to look like? That's what I'm yeah, kind of I wondering. mean, that's. It's interesting, you know, like the gameplay demo we saw, which like gameplay demos, mission demos are kind of like core to the the Halo marketing uh, kind of run. Like that's just how they kind of show off what this, this specific Halo is. And the one we saw uh, at the Xbox uh, series kind of reveal event, whatever that was called, um, ended with like remember the one where like they're going through the zeta prime and mm -hmm. uh, we saw the grapple hook and all that shit. Um, it ended with a little bit of the story beats with the the banished and all that stuff um but yeah when this is all added up to me it's like and i i don't necessarily mean this is a bad thing but it's like i don't think that the story is going to be great uh, i don't i think it's going to be very much for the hardcore and for the people that are really into the halo lore people and to them the books <laughs> it'll probably deliver a lot i just think that with, with what halo infinite what i think it needed to be for the general populace to really be able to to latch on is a bit more reboot than this seems to be even in this trailer they're specifically like mentioning halo 5 and this being a sequel to that um so it's like that i think is going to be a uh, a big hurdle because it's like that's so many games and so much lore people are going to need to know to get into this story and like really 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 be invested um but i think that this trailer what they showed is kind of like yeah but like it's just going to be fun even if you don't know what the banished are like there's going to be a lot here and i'm actually kind of excited about that in the sense that it's like we're not going to get this campaign that when the game comes out in december we're going to need to like rush to beat and get to the end maybe we will but like i don't think that that's what it's going to end up being what I do think is it's going to be more Breath of the Wild, more Assassin's Creed, more Far Cry, more uh, just cause where it's like, cool, there's these encampments. And over time, I love playing Halo. I love the fun and physics of Halo. I'm going to want to 100 percent it, you know, and this is the even I like the idea that the Halo campaign might be something that I am still playing through mm. late next year. Just kind of checking things off when I'm just looking for some fun in a video game and the still getting those kind of story beat moments that feel fun for the, the the time at hand as opposed to like one giant narrative but we'll see not too long until this game comes out like a month and a week can't wait give can't us more wait. flights moving on to the next story oh andy this is a fun one uh a wb platform fighting game multiverses rumored uh this comes from a user called huge leaker actually on <laughs> gaming leaks and rumors subreddit um so this is what they say. Got info on the new NetherRealm game. Obviously, a burner account. Not going to provide a proof to the mods or anyone, so sorry. I'm not going to risk it. But just save this post. Trust me. The new NetherRealm game is a Warner Brothers crossover platform fighter. Yes, it's a new IP technically. Yes, it is based off Smash Brothers and now Nickelodeon All-Stars. But this was in the works before Nickelodeon was even announced. It's a tag team game. Not sure if that means you pick two characters and switch between them or if each character is actually a pair or if each character is an individual and you only switch when you lose a stock. All I know is there's a synergy between certain characters, which implies custom teams. Characters I can confirm are in the game. Shaggy. <laughs> from scooby-doo oh not the, not the singer musical artist Got it. <laughs> it wasn't him it actually yeah. wasn't him this time <laughs> <Wasn't him. laughs> uh gandalf from lord of the rings tom and jerry batman fred flintstone mad max harry potter and ron are apparently in but the rights are weird so they stopped development on them question mark not gonna lie this may have been said in jest and johnny bravo i, I know some more <laughs> go for it it's just the way that Harry Potter and Ron are presented in this sentence just it makes it seem like they their agents are still negotiating <laughs> like like and they get asked at some interview like hey Harry and Ron you're gonna be in the game they're like ah you know we're still in talks right now <laughs> like yeah. I don't know why it seems like they're real people <laughs> and then Johnny Bravo to follow it up <laughs> 
I know some more, but I'm holding off on sharing until the game's revealed. I can't be 100% certain that this is it, but it's worth taking a look at. At the very least, it's proof that what I'm saying isn't hearsay, but I don't know the game's name, so I can't confirm. I was sent this by an anonymous source after I leaked that I could also confirm this game exists. Uh, Barrett, if you could please bring up this trademark here. Charles Jacobson in chat says, who on earth wants to play as Ron? (laughs) (laughs) Checkmate. Yeah, there's a a trademark for uh, multiverses uh, being the name of the game, which is a pretty dope name. <laughs> like I feel like it needs it yeah. needs some other branding. Uh, Jeff Grubb already made the the best obvious joke of they just need to call it Super Warner Brothers, uh, oh, but that's great too. Um, and speaking of Jeff Grubb, he got involved in this and he tweeted. This WB platform fighter Who the fuck is wants real. To fight? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jeff Grubb, the other character, right after Johnny Bravo. Uh, this WB platform fighter is real, but it's not a NetherRealm game. Come on. So that makes a lot of sense. Like NetherRealm making a platform fighter would be insane. I mean, honestly, I'd love to see that with the attention to detail yeah. NetherRealm has. Like, I would definitely rather them make it than pretty much anyone else I can think of. Um, but this is this is interesting. What do you what do you think about it? I, whatever it is, I'm excited. I saw Tamor Hussein tweet out that he can't wait to beat Gandalf's ass as Batman. And Tamor, you better fucking swallow those words, you piece of shit. Because I'm coming after you, okay? Gandalf, you will not pass. You will not succeed. Um, This sounds, this seems pretty exciting to me. I don't know why, Tim. It's not, it seems like such an obvious thing that can happen, especially after watching Space Jam. Um, Wow, perfect timing, Barry. That was cool. Um, Especially after watching Space Jam. It just seems pretty damn obvious, and I don't know why this is something that we hadn't have even predicted or thought of in the past, but good on them if this thing actually comes out, and I'm looking forward to whatever the hell it's going to be. I, I'm excited to see whether the characters will join the fray. Will we get really terrible characters that have not aged well, just like in Space Jam? Possibly, Tim. Possibly. Possibly. We'll have to wait and find out. I love this. I love Smash Brothers style games. I'm happy that they were finally, after decades, they're like, you know what? We, we can copy it. Let's just copy it. Because <laughs> it's like, thank you. Just copy it. It's a fantastic model. Like, why? We have 10,000 different 2D fighting games. Like, have some more platform fighting games. Like, come on. Uh, but I, I hope that this ends up being good. I Like like I said, Jeff Grubb saying that it's not NetherRealm. I'm like, ugh, that sucks. Uh, but Multiverses is just too damn good of a name. Like, it's so fucking good. And I, I think there's a lot of potential here. You talking about the um, kind of like ip orgy uh that we've seen in space jam new legacy and ready player one like wb clearly are excited about throwing all their fucking characters together and seeing what happens um the one hesitation i have is the weirdness surrounding wb games right now uh where it's like this seems a little bit weird uh, timing wise but i hope this is real i hope that we see it and i i just i think that there's a, a higher chance of this being good than nickelodeon all-stars brawl because of them owning all the rights to these characters and stuff so so i imagine there's going to be a lot more like little things like voices and stuff that kind of tie it together and allow these characters to feel more like themselves as opposed to just looking like them um but we'll have to wait and see but for now let me tell you about our sponsors This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Flu season is in full swing, and let me tell you, being properly hydrated makes a huge difference. That's why I use Liquid IV to stay hydrated and support a strong immune system with delicious flavors like watermelon, strawberry, and lemon lime. I've been using Liquid IV for years. I absolutely love it. It helps me stay hydrated when you're feeling a little hungover, or even if you just kind of feel a little groggy. This is the best way to get hydrated fast. Liquid IV uses cellular transport technology, which is a very fancy way of saying it contains the perfect balance of vitamins to help you hydrate quicker. Grab your favorite liquid IV flavors nationwide at Walmart, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code KFGD at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you get better hydration today using the promo code KFGD at liquidiv.com. That's L-I-Q-U-I-D-I-V.com with the promo code KFGD. 
Next up, shout out to DoorDash. We're getting close to the holiday season and things are bound to get a little hectic soon. Why not give yourself one less thing to worry about? Get dinner covered with DoorDash. Along with the restaurants you love, you can now get groceries and other essentials delivered with DoorDash. You can get drinks, snacks, and other household items in under an hour. I love DoorDash. I've been using it for so long and it's just great to not have to worry about stuff, be able to order food and have it delivered just straight to me. Uh, a fun fact, one of my best friends uh, just had his baby shower last week and I decided a great gift would be get him a DoorDash gift card. For a limited time, you guys can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code GAMES2021. That's 25% off up to $10 value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code GAMES2021. Don't forget that's code GAMES2021, G-A-M-E-S. 2021 for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. And finally, shout out to DraftKings. The killer crossovers, the nothing but net jumpers, the tenacious throwdowns. Ladies and gentlemen, basketball is back. DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, is celebrating the return to the hardwood by giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's really exciting. Score big and you can score big cash. And with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes it's the perfect time to show off your basketball iq DraftKings is safe secure and reliable best of all you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want download the DraftKings app now and use promo code kfgd this week new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes all you got to do is enter promo code kfgd to get a free shot at millions in total prizes with your first deposit that's code kfgd only at DraftKings. DraftKings. There's a minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Remember, promo code KFGD. And we're back, everybody, with even more news stories for you to consume from us. Number five, Fortnite crossing over with yet another IP. Guess what it is, Andy? Resident Evil. It's Resident Evil! Yeah. A stars team pack that features cosmetics from Capcom's Resident Evil series along with skins of series protagonists Chris Redfield and Jill Valentine is out now. Uh, it's pretty cool. You, you can see the, the, the playing the trailer here, but there's the more classic looks of Jill from like RE1 and Chris from RE... That looks like his RE5 outfit. Uh, but then there's also his village outfit and there's a couple different ones. And, you know, it's the whole Fortnite thing. They're taking over the world. Doing collabs with each and every person out there. What's up, Andy? They're starting the the metaverse. The the only image that I had seen of Chris was from Village. I was like, wow, this does not fit at all. Like, <laughs> what a weird. <laughs> and then I thought, like, oh, there's other skin packs. I'm sure they'll have other versions. So that I'm glad that we saw that one because the trench coat one just a weird fit, weird vibe for Fortnite. Yeah, a very, very weird vibe for Fortnite. Not much more to say about that, except for story number six. Here we go. Yesterday, Discussing Films tweeted out the live-action Fortnite movie will reportedly feature two sex scenes. Uh, and the source was Variety. Barrett, can you please bring this up? Of course. The um, internet. Yeah. The internet was ablaze uh, this weekend talking about all this news. Uh, blessing himself. Everybody got oh wait, bro. does does Barrett have the sex scene? Does he have it? <laughs> Is that what you're trying to bring up? It's the banana and Chun Li. Just the, no, just this tweet here, stop Barrett. It. <laughs> Yeah, um, but here's the thing. Y'all got God. Yeah, y'all got this God. Is real. Look, Look at, at this. that. But more than that, go just even go back to the, the, the tweet, Barrett. Discussing films, but then look at the app. It's films discussing. Come on. Yeah. Come no, on. It, 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 this, this happens literally once a month where this specific account will tweet out some bullshit that someone will get got got, and then that, like, spreads like a wildfire. Like, just, uh, just mute this account. <laughs> or follow it because it is fucking funny sometimes. We're just like, yeah, this is this is dumb. What a, God, horrible stuff out there. But anyways, this is fake. It got a lot of pickup and it got a lot of people talking. So I just wanted to have a PSA news story. Uh, 
there at least it's not confirmed that there will be two sex scenes in the Fortnite movie. <laughs> there's uh, four. There still might be. Yeah, exactly. Who the hell knows? Uh, let's move on to story number seven, everyone. The Dark Pictures season one finale, The Devil in Me, is now announced. This comes from Matt Perslow at IGN. Uh, a video plays at the end of the recently launched Dark Pictures House of Ashes uh, that Greg Miller's been playing and is really enjoying. He's saying it's his favorite project from them since uh, Until Dawn. Uh, wow! Really, really, really cool. Like, what a what a journey. Actually, I want to bring up Greg's tweets. They've had a lot of ups and downs, huh? Yeah, it's pretty pretty interesting. Give me one sec, guys. I believe in you that you'll bring it up in less than five seconds, Tim. Five seconds. Wow, that is. Well, Greg tweets a lot, though. Yeah, yeah, he does tweet a lot. This man, <laughs> you have a baby. How do you have so much time? He to tweet also like has this? the voice memo. Um... <laughs> <laughs> that he uh, sent out to me as it was raining and decided to talk to me. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that over the weekend, but I that was chose not to listen to that. <laughs> um, well, I'm not seeing it, but essentially he was saying that like it's crazy how these uh, dark pictures anthology mo- or games have kind of just been Are you totally sure you all over it? the place. I am. I'm pretty sure I did. I didn't. But okay. anyways, um, he, he was saying that like this one's really surprising him and the other ones weren't necessarily um, his vibe. And it seems like he's not alone in that. A lot of the reviews for House of Ashes are saying similar things. Uh, but anyways, a video plays at the end of the recently launched Dark Pictures House of Ashes that reveals the devil in me, the season one finale of Supermassive Games, the Dark Pictures anthology. This reveals not only what the next game in the anthology will be, but also that the series will be split into seasons. The trailer, uh, which can be seen in a tweet reveals a grotesque tease of the devil in me which appears to involve a killer creating a mechanized automation from human body parts this suggests that the next game the dark pictures anthology may be less supernatural than its three predecessors which all have and feature ghost slash monster type foes and themes what we may be facing in this next game is something more in the realm of saw with a focus on a twisted human killer i'm very excited about this i'm also very excited to find out that house of ashes stars ashley tisdale (laughs) I learned Shut that. Yes- fuck learned up. that yesterday, Andy, and I'm like, well, maybe I need to play this game. Wow. Um, the trailer also states that the Devil in Me is the season one finale. We already knew that the Dark Pictures would be made up of eight games, but it looks as if those eight will be split into at least two seasons. What this means for the next four episodes remains unclear, but it may be that the series has a longer break between the release of The Devil in Me, presumably in 2022, and the unknown fifth game. Tim, are we? Uh, are you planning on playing any of these? Like, I've, I know that you're you just mentioned you're excited for Ashley Tisdale. Uh-huh. Like, I don't really know what the vibe is with a lot of these. We just mentioned that Greg liked the, the last one. But I feel like a lot of people's thoughts have been so divided on what every sort of game brings. This one's not good. This one's great. Finally, they're on the right track. Oh, this one's not so good. Like, I feel like it's kind of all over the place with these games. Well, it kind of seems like Until Dawn was a major success, major hit. Everybody loved it. And then the first Doc Pictures uh, made made, made a Medan, I think it was called. Made a Medan, made a Medan, made a Medan. That one, people were kind of like, ooh, this ain't it. And then the second one came out and people were like, oh, it's better than, I forget what it was called, but it's better than the the first one, but like, it's still not Until Dawn. This seems to be the one where people are like, hey, this is actually really good. And not quite Until Dawn levels, but like, it is, it's really good. So... That's it's good that they're on like an upward trajectory with it, right? And especially if they're going to take a break uh, before the the final four come in, like that seems like a, a good idea for them because uh, these did come out. I got to say, a lot more quickly and frequently than I would have expected. I know there were some delays along the way at some point, but like the fact that we're already three in is pretty crazy for this thing, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That definitely flew by. And I think one thing about the series as a whole that really just intrigues me is how gorgeous the visuals are like they i don't i'm not sure what engine they're using i'm not sure what they're using to run these games but damn every time there's a new one that comes out it seems like this is a tech demo for next gen tech that it won't be out for a couple of years it's always on that totally. sort of high of a level production so that that's great that the that greg is liking the most recent one yeah i'm really interested in that like honestly him liking it that much and having ashley to still like hey this might be a fun thing for me to try out maybe uh during Halloween or something. So, uh, and the devil in me definitely sounds more 
my vibe. Like the, dope, I, I, I like the saw stuff, so I'm definitely in that. Maybe we'll get you to play these on stream, Andy. No, don't say that. <laughs> maybe. Now that's just, a, now that's just maybe. A, How about you play that's it? A, that sounds like a great extra life kind of thing. How about yeah. you play it? I'll play it with you, Andy. <laughs> Let's do it together. I'll let you make the choices and I'll play it. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to the next story. This is awesome. What a world we live in. Story number eight, Wu-Tang Clan RPG in the works at Microsoft. Uh, it's claimed. This comes from Jordan Midler at Video Game Chronicles. On the Xbox Two podcast, Jez Corden, a journalist who has recently revealed information about other Microsoft projects, says that he heard back in July that Microsoft is making a Wu-Tang game. He went on to clarify that he initially wasn't clear if this was ref- referring to Wu-Tang, the martial arts style, or the popular hip-hop collective. He was later told that the game uses Wu-Tang Clan lore and that the game soundtrack was created by the Wu-Tang Clan. Gamesbeat journalist Jeff Grubb, Never heard of him. Also Mm. corroborated the claims, stating on a video show that he understood the information was correct. Currently in development at Brass Lion Entertainment, the game is said to be a third-person fantasy RPG. (laughs) And it will feature seasonal content and will be a couple dozen hours in length. Corden also revealed the game is melee combat focused and that it will support four-player co-op. Brassland Entertainment was founded in 2017. Uh, Its first game, Corner Wolves, is said to be an action role-playing game set in 1990s Harlem. This is the latest in several recent Microsoft-related leaks reported by Corden, who in October 2021 uh, claimed that Obsidian's upcoming Avowed would be Skyrim meets Outer Worlds. According to Windows Central, sources said to be familiar with the studio's plans, the first-person game will include multiple class play styles to take inspiration from the Elder Scrolls Skyrim's two-handed combat system. Players will be able to wield two weapons simultaneously, a combination of weapons and magic, or unleash some of the game's stronger spells using two-handed magic. So there you go. Pretty cool. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Is it? I don't like. I don't know. I feel like it's probably going to be something that comes and goes, and it's really quick, and we kind of forget it even was a thing. I hope it's a good game, right? Like, I hope it's something that is meaty and, and has substance, and it's not just like this cash grab that looks and plays like garbage. Um, and important to note, Tim, Red Man not in, in uh, Wu Tang. Red Man yes. not in Wu Tang. We That's were easy. very, we were corrected a lot by a lot of people who were like, "You fucking dumb losers!" Red Man yeah. was never in Wu Tang, you idiots. And I was like, "Shit, you're right. All right, fine." You are right. Admittedly, I am not a, a I'm a fan of Wu Tang, but I am not an expert. I am not even an like. I don't know that much at all. I just like. Right, a but like, songs. we know Method Man and Red Man. Like, why are is connected. it that much of a exactly. stretch? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I get that it's wrong. But with that, I I'm with you. Where it's like the chances of this being great are pretty slim but i feel like wu-tang clan are, are one of the the rare artists out there that do these kind of crossover things that like it's always 50 50 on like this could be dope as shit or it could just be whatever or it could not happen <laughs> you know yeah a lot of, a lot of options there <laughs> uh, but there's i i think that there's a chance that this could be something special it sounds like it might be a little too ambitious but when you add a lot of the words they put together and you add wu-tang clan to it like if they go into the lore and they turn it into a thing a fantasy rpg i think it might work and it might be just different enough and fresh enough that it could be something special for the more traditional gamers that aren't just Wu-Tang Clan fans, right? Like, I don't think that this is necessarily for the Wu-Tang Clan fans. I think this is them being like, yo, we're gamers. We like this. So let's make a dope game that happens to feature our lore. This just has, like, PS2 and PS3 written all over it. That, that's my thing with it. it. It's kind of that era of the those studios that are a lot smaller of scale that kind of eventually get eaten up by bigger studios. Like... Mm. When I just think of old studios of the past, this reminds me of something that would have existed in like the early 2000s, late 90s. Um, and <laughs> you say like, I hope, you know, it could be terrible, could be bad, could not happen at all. <laughs> Give me a good chuckle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, that, what you just said, what's old is new again now, right? Like yeah. we're hitting this point where more and more and more games are, you know, PS2 era, PS3 era, whereas like not too long ago, we were like talking about retro being NES, SNES. And it's like there is an even N64. Like everything's evolving. And it's like I, I can imagine this working out if they do just make a super dope PS2, PS3 Wu-Tang RPG, right? But we'll see. 
Moving on to story number nine. Overwatch reveals McCree's new name. Uh, this comes from Ash Parrish at Polygon. Uh, Jesse McCree, Overwatch's cowboy hero, has been renamed Cole Cassidy. The name change is part of a number of updates Blizzard is making to its games to remove references to problematic people or themes that have come to light in the wake of several discrimination and harassment suits filed against the company. Last month, while WoW removed NPCs that referenced former senior creative director Alex Afrasiabi, uh, who was named in the harassment suit as participating in the infamous Cosby Suite incident. Jesse McCree, a former lead designer, was also a part of that incident and for whom Overwatch's cowboy character was named. When those allegations were publicized, casters refused to say the character's name during Overwatch League matches. The Overwatch team later stated they were in the process of changing his name. In a tweet, the Overwatch team framed the name change as Cassidy coming to terms with his checkered past and giving up his outlaw name, providing a clever in-game explanation for a change that was because of real-world forces. Quote, to make this new Overwatch better, to make things right, he has to be honest with his team and himself, the announcement tweet says. Uh, the name change goes live tomorrow, October 26th. And then also from Blizzard, as we introduce a new name, you might have the desire to do the same. Starting this on October 22nd and continuing through November 5th, all players will be offered a free battle tag name change. This applies to anyone who does not currently have a free name change available. Existing name changes will not stack for future use. Not much really? to say here. But yeah, really interesting. It, um, I, I do think that the this is super important to the devs at Blizzard and the people wanting to correct this course. And I think it's I, I'm sure they're like, yes, this is the right change. And we're doing this uh, because we care about it uh, genuinely. I hope that the heads of Blizzard don't think that this is enough. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I hope that this isn't just one of those. We're giving them this, so let's just keep on, you know, let's just keep on going on uh, about our days. I hope that, like, we actually see real genuine change, uh, and small things like this are definitely necessary and valid and, I think, overall good for the state of Overwatch and for a lot of the community and player base. Of course, there's going to be some people, you know, hating it and talking shit, but there always will be. But I, I just hope that, like, we, I hope the pressure stays on, you know what I mean? Totally. I do think I agree with you. This is a great move. It's important. And the fact that they're acting on it is awesome. And they could have not. You know, I think that it's yeah. great that we're in an era where things like this, changes like this that are necessary are happening. And I appreciate that the devs obviously care and they're trying to make it make sense as much as it needs to in world. Like, I think they're nailing this. Good job. Keep it up and keep fighting the good fight. Mm hmm. Next up, story number 11. Uh, Gorilla gives a closer look at Horizon Forbidden West's new abilities. Barrett, if you could please bring up this PlayStation blog. There's some gifts I just want to look at because they're fucking incredible. Uh, Nybel over on Twitter has a good breakdown of what they talk about in this blog post. Uh, full dual sense support throughout each mechanic. 12 Valor Surge attacks that are supers with each having three levels. Uh, machines and enemies can fight in groups and there are plenty of new weapons and some returning ones. Aloy can now wall jump. Um, oh shit. Some of the interesting uh, little bits I, I got from this are uh, one of the focus points that's influenced all our combat decisions was increased player choice and we applied this to everything melee weapons outfit skills and other new mechanics we wanted to give players more tools depth and dials to play with this comes from the lead combat designer over at gorilla there's a number of other subtle yet impactful additions that enable more dynamic gameplay just to name a few examples aloy can wall jump leap away from a climb surface high vault and more while these might sound like small things combined they make for engaging environmental challenges and more player options we put a lot of effort into creating more choice and depth for the players and are super excited to see how people will play as aloy with so many new possible possibilities of skills weapons and gear she can obtain throughout the mysterious forbidden west we had a lot of fun creating cool and powerful combinations for players to discover and we hope people will enjoy the game when it launches those words alone kind of sound like just like a lot of buzzwords and a lot of like hey we're making a game and we're excited about it and you should be too but those words combined with these gifts that we're looking at like these parts of the video it really kind of seems like like they're like look we don't even need to say this you can just watch it but i love that the idea is they want the mobility they want this to be a step forward and an evolution for what we expect from this style of, of game and as i was seeing this i was like this has andy cortez written all over it I dude, this has like some of the better gameplay people on Twitter making awesome uh, sort of uh, videos and sizzle reels and like check out this cool ass move that I did. 
it looks so fluid everything like all the sort of contextual animations of her grabbing the thing to the slide it, they're nailing it right now dude like this is this is a welcome surprise that i did not even know happened this morning until i'm scrolling down the list that you sort of compiled because this was a pretty busy morning but yeah this looks really really damn good tim yeah yeah, it's it's really exciting. You can go check out the PlayStation blog for uh, a lot more like details on uh, the whole interview. Really fascinating read, and I am very excited for this game. And this definitely got me more excited. Um, I actually there's a very long doc that me and Andy are looking at here, and I skipped a story. Story number ten: uh, God of War PC version is being handled by an external developer. Uh, Sony's confirmed that the upcoming God of War PC port will be handled by Canadian studio Jetpack Interactive. The company previously provided engineer support for Dark Souls PC version. In a statement provided to Ars Technica, Sony said that the original God of War developer, Sony Santa Monica, is overseeing the PC version's development, which is good, uh, which is being handled by Jetpack Interactive. The studio, based in Vancouver, is a port-focused port focused developer who has previously worked with EA on Plants vs. Zombies, Garden Warfare 2, and NBA Live 15 and 14. It also completed the PS4 ports of Orcs Must Die Unchained for Robot Entertainment. Uh, the reason I'm making this a news story is the choice of Jetpack Interactive may come as a surprise since Square acquired PC port specialist Nix's earlier this year. This deal was only announced in July, though, so if the God of War PC version had been in development Sony, by the way, for a while. Square. Sony. Sony, there we go. Uh, that may be the reason Jetpack and not Nixus are handling the port. We expect Nixus to be involved in further projects, though, since Sony has made a commitment to bring PlayStation games to PC. Uh, so I just think it's kind of interesting that you know there's they that they are committing so hard to PC. Clearly, with God of War and Uncharted, and you know you got to expect a lot more in the future. Horizon. They've already done Horizon, yeah, exactly. Um, so it's interesting to me that this isn't Nixus. You'd imagine that the group that they kind of acquired would have been the ones working on whatever they had planned. So I, to me, I just think it's worth bringing up. Like, I don't think that they have this firm commitment to a vision and plan for what all their first party titles are going to look like on PC yet, but they're working towards it. And we're, we're still kind of in that phase of them figuring out what works, um, which is, which is interesting. And I, I know for you being a big PC player, like what, how excited are you about all this? Well, Nixus is working on the Bloodborne port, Tim. We, we all kind of forgot that. Remember that. Keep that in mind, Tim. Keep that in mind. That's Number not actually confirmed. That's not actually confirmed. Please don't Everybody, worry about everybody this, send yeah. it to no, the blogs, no, everybody. Send it to the blogs. We're lying right now on the show. Um, the, yeah, I, it is kind of interesting that they don't go with the one studio that they did acquire. But it does give me a lot of uh, – I feel relieved that at least – it seems like Santa Monica is pretty involved in the overlooking of the whole process. There's nothing worse than a console game. Well, there's a lot of bad things in the world. But, you know, when a, when a console game that you really, really enjoyed goes to PC and doesn't perform like you know it should, and you're looking at it, and it's not because of PC gaming, it's because of just bad optimization, that's a pretty heartbreaking thing, and that's something that, can be the long lasting effects can happen for so long tim where it's like we look at near automata and that never got that finally got patched after about four years on steam you know because uh um platinum didn't do the port and you know another studio came into the port and i it, it's always heartbreaking when that does happen so i hope that they continue to be diligent about making sure that these games work and perform well on pc I remember when Horizon first came out, I wasn't really too excited about how it was performing. And I know ever since then, we've gotten some patches. But Death Stranding definitely, I think, did a really good job on PC. And so it's great to sort of see the progress being made. And the care and love is is there for sure. Yeah, totally. And our final news story of the day, there's a new Witcher Season 2 image. Barrett, if you could please bring this up just for a second, we can look at him. He's look beautiful. At look at that. Look man. at that man. Is this, <laughs> Holy shit. I feel like looking at this, like, isn't this like almost the same exact image teaser for season one, but he just kind of looks a little weathered. Battered. Yeah. It, there's more snow now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It does yeah. look like that one sequence from season one, though, for sure. Um, God damn, like this dude. <laughs> He's just like, he, that's a man, Tim. You yeah, know? That is a man. That's a man Maybe. I could I, just, I could watch make a PC any time of the day. I know? just I just want to I just want to squat up with him in a video game and just talk like, "Oh, what sense? Oh, you oh, you really you're using 6.0 cents?" Yeah, cuz I go lower for my mouse space. Yeah, for like I just want to I just want to talk shop with the guy, Tim. Andy, you you talking shop. 
with Henry Cavill is so far so away. Far away. <laughs> <laughs> if I wanted to know what was coming to Mom and Grop Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah, I didn't have the music loaded, so I did it myself. I appreciate it, Barrett. I appreciate it a lot. Out today... We got Zombo Buster Rising on Switch, and Shut more importantly, <laughs> it's no, here, everybody. No, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. Uh, we have the N64 and Sega Genesis games via Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, before the show started, I tried to see if it was out, and it was not yet. So mm-hmm. hopefully sometime soon it'll be there, because I can't wait to play some old video games. I want some Star Fox 64 in OLED, Andy. That's all that I want. Portable. Uh, some new dates for you. We got Apex Legends Escape coming November 2nd. Uh, this is something you and Bless? Yeah, me and Bless uh, got to participate in the event. Like any other event, we shouldn't have teamed up because we got our shit kicked in every game we played. Uh, but the new map is really neat. It's a pretty goddamn big map. Reminds me a lot of King's Canyon. It's essentially a tropical version of King's Canyon. There are a bunch of spider eggs around the world, spider nests that you can shoot, and spiders will pop out. You kill them, and then uh, they drop loot. They're little tiny little bugs, but it's also funny. They're just called spider. Like, that's the name of the... It's like, oh, you could have called it something cool and like crawlers or some shit like that um but one thing sort of uh neat about this world is what we're seeing right now is these sort of thruster i forgot what they call them in the game but they replace the balloon lifts in the other apex maps where you shoot up the balloon and then you could redeploy and go somewhere else these things are scattered around the world and they will just launch you from one spot to the next i think they're called like maybe phase cannons or something dope like that oh, um yeah. The the world is pretty sick, and it, it seems to be a bit more dangerous. They wanted it to feel more like there are a lot more PvE elements. There's a lot of, like, monsters and creatures that can kill you and uh, kind of distract you enough so that another team can just come kick your shit in, which is kind of what our experience was, Tim. Yeah. Well, hey, you guys all get to Gravity cannons. I was close. I said fine, phase cannons, fine. right? Yeah, gravity cannons, yeah. That is November 2nd, but that's coming. Um, and you know what? There you go. That has been your kind of funny games daily. Uh, I'll do a quick squad out for you just because this one I think is fun. And I'm not sure if it was already done, but either way, I want to get Gary some more friends out there. This comes from Gary, a.k.a. G-A-R-Y-S-Y, Gary Sai on Oculus. A best friend in Bangkok, so in a good time zone to play early slash late and hype a squad to a victory royale in Population 1. Or chill and putt some mini golf while we debate junk food. Shout out to Kevin for setting up his VR. If you're looking for a best friend out there to hang out in VR and uh, play, I don't even know what Population 1 is, but play that or whatever, definitely hit up Gary SY on Oculus and have a good time. Sounds like a blast. Uh, tomorrow's hosts are going to be Blessing and Janet. On Wednesday, it is Blessing and me. Thursday, it is Tam and me. And Friday, it is Blessing and Janet. Going to be a great week. Uh, Gary is still out because he's taking care of that beautiful baby. That's how babies work these days. They happen, and then we lose people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, here, <laughs> so here we are, Andy. It's me and you. Uh, and me and you are going to continue the fun over on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. No, you're wrong. Do- oh, yeah. That's a, that's a good call. It's impossible. We There's no right. way. No. no way with the amount of news stories we had today. <laughs> Let's see. The Fortnite uh, thing is fake. Yeah, we know. <laughs> uh, nanobiologist uh, says Dark Pictures Anthology second game was Little Hope. Thank you for that. Um, Tim said he was surprised that the Dark Pictures Anthology released so quickly, but they were supposed to release a new one every six months for a total of eight games. I, I'm not wrong. I'm still surprised. I know what they said. I'm still surprised we've gotten as many. That's of a these. lot of game development. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and that's it, baby. That's it. See, we fucking nailed it, Andy. Crushed what a it. show. What a show. Honestly, ask, does a, what a does it have, Does Apex have arachnophobia settings? I don't believe so. But they don't even look like spiders, honestly. They just look like you know when you know the little things in the flood, the the little enemies in the uh, of the flood in Halo, they yeah, kind of look like that. Creepy man. They're just these like oh, little things. You. I guess so. Yeah, but also I fought a giant snake in Sekiro over the weekend, and that was yeah, the most horrifying and, I've ever done in a video game. Yeah, it and terrible. it wouldn't have been great if like that snake. If it just wasn't like a, a snake. snake. <laughs> <laughs> Snakes. Uh. Anyways, love you guys. Bye. <laughs>